everyone. Welcome to the Well Endowed Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. And I'm Andrew Paul. This podcast is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation, and we are a proud affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Edmonton is full of generous donors who've created endowment funds at ECF. These funds are carefully stewarded to generate money that supports charities in Edmonton and beyond. On this podcast, we share stories about how these funds help strengthen our community, because it's good to be well endowed. On this episode, we learn about The Way In, a mental health initiative that's being piloted by Edmonton Public Schools. ECF was able to provide a grant to help support a mental health therapist position. The therapist provides intervention and prevention services to the growing number of children and youth impacted by mental health. I sat down with John Holmes, the principal at Kate Chegwin Junior High, to find out how having a professional therapist on site can provide support for students, build mental health capacity for teachers and staff, and create a social return on investment for the whole community. My name is John Holmes, and I am the principal at Kate Chegwin School. I'm one of four uh, schools that participate in the Way In Project. I'd like to start by just thanking you for the terrific grant that's going to allow us to do so many things with our kids. Thank you for, for joining us. What are the other schools that are involved? Uh, we have Thelma Shelfo, which is a brand new school that's serving the, uh, the northeast area of Millwoods. Um, we have Dan Knott on the west side of Millwoods. And then we have uh, TD Baker, which is just south of Cape Chicken School. So uh, between us, collectively, we serve about 2,000 students. And they're all the junior high kids from ages probably 11 to 15. Okay, that's a lot of students. Um, so can you give us an overview of the program? Just tell us a little bit about how it's helping you. Absolutely. So I, I have just a little bit on the mission statement here, actually, of what the program is about, if you don't mind if I sort of read off my, off my notes here. So the mission of our four, four project schools through the acquisition of a mental health therapist is to first reduce stigma, raise awareness, and increase knowledge of mental health Increase mental health literacy in individuals who interact with children and youth. Intervene early by facilitating access to early intervention and treatment services for those who are at greatest risk of experiencing addiction and mental health issues. Increase protective factors of children and youth by developing personal and interpersonal skills like self-regulation and self-care techniques. And fostering positive community norms, support networks, physical and psychological safety. We also um, wish to improve knowledge and access to effective and innovative services across mental health continuum through a community uh, collaborative networks to coordinate and streamline existing services while identifying and ad- advocating for unmet needs. That was a multiple. And we also want to provide opportunities for youth to be active in their communities. So that is kind of what our aim is uh, with this. And it is uh, such a pleasure to work with three other schools in this project. So that's essentially what our, what our mission is. Yeah. So how does the program work? So um, the program, a fundamental to the program is um, what we call a social return on investment. That is really important to us. 
What we mean by a social return on investment is that at the end of the day, after we've seen the kids that we need to see, uh, what are the benefits to society afterwards? And when you do the math, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars for every student that gets the support they need and is able to self-actuate afterwards. So uh, it is really important from a societal standpoint that we do this. And, um, you know, what's really interesting is to see some of our students come back to us who have transformed, who have had that change in their lives and now are actually leading with other students and that who are going through the same thing. So that is really important to us. So um, I just want to talk a little bit about this uh, social return on investment. So not every student gets seen, not all 2,000 students obviously get seen by a mental health therapist. We as schools are committed to a couple of other supports. Uh, one, we have an Indigenous liaison that we support with our education uh, budgets so that they're receiving support there. We also have a Boys and Girls Club and Bigs, and, and they provide some mentorship opportunities in that. And then fortunately, uh, we do get some time uh, with uh, Alberta Health Services providing us an addictions counselor. So a large portion, though, is met by a mental health therapist that otherwise wouldn't have been supported through that. And, you know, I'm going to be forthright. We do have times when Alberta Health Services does provide us with a mental health therapist. But the more mental health therapist support that we can receive at this time, the better, particularly during the pandemic. And um, if you look at uh, coming out of Ontario, some of the reports by sick kids, really what they are saying is just they're emphasizing the importance of supporting students uh, with mental health and resilience during this time. It really is key for these kids. So um, the social return on investment, uh, let me just see where I've written this in my notes, the sort of things that we'll look at. So a key foundation in tracking success is, is the social return on investment. And um, what we will do when we bring students in and we start to monitor and identify which students it is that we're, we're interested in, we'll, we'll do a sort of an intake profile and we'll be looking at things like attendance concerns and attendance board involvement. When you have severe attendance, uh, you'll involve as a principal the attendance board to, to help along with, uh, with the families. We'll look at previous suspensions and expulsions as possible indicators that there may be some some issues, uh, some uh, related to mental health or anxiety. We'll look obviously at the mental health concerns. We also want to look at what are the emergency room admissions for these students? Have they had to go to an emergency room for the issues that they've had in the past? We're interested in things like substance abuse behavior and, and uh, is this an issue for them? Uh, we look for things criminal behavior as a uh, as an indicator, and then of course uh, things more related to school uh, academic concerns, particularly numeracy and literacy. And we're also interested to see what kind of child and family services uh, involvement the kids have had as well. So it really is an extensive review of all the students we would like to provide during this time as every student uh, with time that they could work with a mental health uh, therapist. But really what our key priority is here is to identify those most at risk uh, and uh, certainly having this extra resource of a mental health therapist provided by this generous donation allows us to identify more students with these, with these concerns. When you're talking about social return, you're talking about like uh, every dollar invested now is, is saving dollars in the future. Can you measure that? 
I do have measures of that. Absolutely. Okay. Here's here's a couple of statistics that I have. If we can support one to two students per year to go on to complete high school, our wraparound service project has paid for itself. And here's some statistics. 324,000 lifetime savings for every youth that finishes high school. $91,250 to incarcerate a youth for one year. $88,780 for 10 psychiatric admissions per year. $4,931 for one violent incident at a mall. So those are four statistics, and we were able to talk about our social return on investment that speaks directly to each of these four components. I think that that investment is well worth what is made, and it's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's, for my staff members, one teacher who feels more efficacy in what they do. One, personally, for me, being able to go on the home for the weekend and know that that one child who I was maybe worried about and we did a suicide intervention for, I know that they got the support that they needed, that they got the triage that they needed, and I can breathe a little better. So speaking educationally, as an administrator and for all my colleagues in the classrooms and my education assistants, it's allowing us to breathe a little deeper, a little healthier for our weekends and not worry about these kids so much. And uh, that's the other piece of that. that. That in itself is immeasurable. With the list that you've provided, it really does sort of paint a picture of how it is a return on investment for society. I mean, when you're talking about all the other resources that they're using that could be mitigated through a, a mental health therapist, it's it's uh, quite amazing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, we brought them in and, you know, that's it. Uh, we want to actually have some tangible benefits that come out and, and we do actually measure these as well. So at the end of the year, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, how we did and really, again, that that whole idea of mitigating uh, some of the issues that they may have in the future uh, and, and really to show our, our community that these programs are worthwhile uh, just in, in how much they can save. So uh, at the end of the year, we will also report on, uh, was there a reduction in substance abuse? Was there a reduction in criminal behavior? Is there now connection to healthy living opportunities that these kids are taking advantage of? Has there been academic improvement? And are there any changes to the family services involvement that they've had? So we are really uh, uh, pleased. And, you know, um, I don't have any statistics from last year, but I do have from the previous year. And uh, in that previous year, we had uh, 61 students were seen uh, by a mental health therapist. An additional 49 were seen by our health uh, services appointed addictions counselor. And we had 77 of our students were seen uh, by our Indigenous liaison to provide support. Um, and of course, the big brothers were, were also part of this, just that mentoring that kept going on. Uh, basically, 
having our kids serve as leaders for elementary kids and that uh, and give them a role that was really important but um, i have some really great statistics and i think these are a real success story so just specifically with respect to our mental health therapist in that the first indicator would be looking at criminal activity reduced or avoided uh, three students are the ones that we identified reduced engagement at, in at-risk uh, behavior 13 students child welfare support uh, reduced or avoided 13 students alcohol and drug use reduced or avoided three students managing mental health issues managing depression and self-harm and suicide attempts avoided 64 students high school completion based on improved academic performance supported by increased attendance improved academic performance and increased satisfaction with the school 16 students decreased suspension and expulsions nine students so you know when we put these all together that is a significant amount of students that are impacted by this and it it is a huge investment that you have made but I can tell you that the social returns on your investment, I can stand you, this is my ninth year here at Cape Chagrin, and I can tell you that I know they're making a difference. These types of uh, investments save our community hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and it's, it's really quite evident, just as we read through some of these behaviors that were, were reduced or mitigated because of the work of our mental health therapists and some of the other supports provided. I'm sure too, it it, it uh, ripples out to the families, you know, when the family has less stress because the child has less stress. I'm sure that all helps the families as well. That is uh, really a great point. And especially through this pandemic, we as teachers and as, as uh, parents too, are sometimes throwing their hands up. We don't know. We haven't seen some of these things occur before. And, and we also have many other things too. Uh, a lot of uh, students are maybe expressing gender expression, and we're becoming a far more acceptant and fluid society. And, uh, you know, to have a uh, mental health therapist or people in your team who can support these students, support families with these great opportunities or these kids basically liberating themselves and having that support available to them, uh, I think is really important. It, it really supports societal change where this maybe necessarily hasn't been done in the past. And I, I'm just I'm so encouraged by that. I personally work on a report called Vital Signs, and we often talk about the intersectionality of, of various things. And you mentioned before we started that you had some students celebrating Diwali, and then you, you throw in there something like LGBTQ, maybe they're newcomers, maybe they have, um, you know, experiencing stress at home. There's so many things that, that pile on that um, people don't realize that youth experience this as much as anyone else would. <laughs> they, they absolutely do. And in the media, we're seeing so many things, so many more things coming to the forefront that finally our students are feeling comfortable with identifying with. And they're saying, hey, that pertains to me. Or I have a friend that that pertains to. And with that, you know, they're just meeting people who have some professional background or even some interest just to speak with them to provide assurance that they're okay, that, you know, that, that what they're feeling is normal. Those are really the, uh, the important uh, benefits of, 
of these people in our schools. So you you mentioned that it's a person to talk to, but I'm sure they're getting resources and tools and and, and other other things too, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, a person to talk to is is certainly um, uh, undervaluing uh, what they actually offer. Uh, our mental health therapists, like I say, are providing clinical support to these students. They're highly qualified. They are certified in the jobs that they do. I know that uh, you know through the sessions that they do with the students it is a lot of you know cognitive based therapy helping students determine where their own path is and and determine out some of their own answers and feel confident in the answers that they have for themselves uh, a lot of it is just creating new pathways that our students haven't seen uh, either because they they've grown up in situations where they haven't seen those pathways or because the experiences they've had in life have maybe shut off some of those channels that they would otherwise have experienced in that. So uh, what that mental health therapist is really helping them do is to recreate those channels within their brain so that they can see solutions for themselves. They can be empowered in solving their concerns. The other critical piece that uh, a mental health therapist brings is just their connection with the community and their knowledge of other support. So, for, and they're, they're building that in us as well. As, as teachers and administrators, so that we can actually look at triage and, and we can actually identify which supports are necessary, where is the family going to get the best leverage in working with somebody uh, to support their child, and whether or not those supports even are available. Those are really key pieces for us to be able to guide our students with. Yeah, having resources to refer to is part of the toolkit nowadays, isn't it? Right. And, you know, I mean, there's there's really something to be said, too, for feet on the ground and in the school. I won't mention names of individuals when I'm working with a mental health therapist or whatnot, but just to have somebody there that I can sit down with at lunch. Our, our mental health therapist last year used to go for runs with us, which was fantastic after school. And just to be able to say, hey, you know what, I've got this situation where this is arising and that. What advice can you give me? So it's it's the capacity building that's going on with having these wonderful people in the school that, that's really increasing our efficacy. This isn't just about our students. We as educators, I think through the pandemic, have really uh, managed and I think thrived in many situations in, in this new um, uh, environment to provide our students with what they need. But what is really so important with these mental health therapists is to just get some validation, professional validation of what we are doing is effective, to just confirm what we are doing is the right thing. And that builds our efficacy because nobody comes into teaching, not one of our schools, not one of the hundreds of teachers that we have within our four buildings combined, not one of us comes to work to not feel efficacy. And when we have just that verification or maybe a, a slight slant to what we're doing because we've had these conversations, that's amazing. It's really amazing to just get a validation from a professional saying you're doing what you should do. You're doing everything you can. So that efficacy is really important for the mental health of our teachers. And that comes directly back to our students because of our own mental health being better in the classroom. 
I think you're right on there. I think a lot of people don't realize that teachers are not just dealing with the ABCs or literacy numeracy. They're dealing with personalities and hormones and home issues and all kinds of things that disrupt a regular school day, regular in quotes, because what is a regular school day if it isn't all that too? (laughs) And, And, you know, Elizabeth, that's such an important statement. And I know when I'm recruiting I'm always looking for somebody who teaches the student and then the subject. If the teacher is not able to meet the student where they are at when they come into that classroom, they can stand on their head with Shakespeare, but the kids are not going to receive the information. They're not going to learn the information. I think certainly as we move through this situation and we're working with kids, what we're finding is that We're putting a lot more emphasis on meeting the student where they're at because they're all in significantly different places right now. And, you know, I I certainly don't want to underscore the uh, huge impact of social economics and and those sorts of things in these situations. The teachers are are also uh, working through our whole whole staff members, our whole teams are looking at that right now. And... um, I, I think what having a mental health therapist adds to that as well is just it gives us a little bit more context as to how these are impacting our students so that when we go in and we're doing action-based research about what's going to work as teachers, we actually have a little bit more research to grab onto as well, a little bit more information and data that's important from these important people in our building. I, I just have one other question for you is, why is this not in every school? <laughs> is this a pilot project, maybe? It was a pilot project, and it was brought on. And, you know, I think uh, I, I have to say um, Alberta Health Services and Alberta, the Alberta government, Alberta Education, I think are doing everything they can in these times to provide uh, mental health supports in our schools uh, with therapists and, and what have you. And, and I think that there is some new thinking around that, certainly. But... I just want to emphasize that the more we can provide for these students, the better. And I am fortunate enough to be in this group of four schools where uh, we do have such a generous grant and uh, a group of four that have worked together for many years to uh, see this go through just because we really value that. And I think any school would value more mental health therapy at this time. And certainly that would be supported by uh, the research in academic circles everywhere. The importance of mental health emphasis and therapy and resources in schools at this time. And uh, so we do appreciate all the resources we get, both from Alberta Education, Alberta Health Services, and generous grants like this. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to add? When you're looking at 2,000 students uh, between our four schools and you and you think, well, you know, when you broke down the numbers, Mr. Holmes, it looks like, you know, you're somewhere around 100 kids that actually got helped. Uh, there are far more that, are benef- that benefit from this. But, you know, 100 kids is, is really important. And I do have a, a statement, you know, uh, keep in context that this is a student who's saying this. He says, I am a hockey player. Those are powerful words from a grade eight student who now has a different way of looking at himself. Previously, this student defined himself as poor, living in low-income housing, 
expelled from one school to another, fighting with others, and on a waiting list for mental health services. Intervention from the weigh-in team and community partners gave this young man the opportunity to get healthy, to follow his passion and his family, a focus outside of their low-income housing complex. This young man is now a successful high school student. The social return on investment is clear. For every youth we successfully support, society saves money in the long term. And that's what these grants do. They change the outlook. They change the thinking. They give students the ability to find answers where otherwise they would not happen. And we are so appreciative of this grant. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And I know you have a, you're a very busy guy. So thank you for coming in and sharing all this, all the statistics and helping our donors understand better and helping our listeners understand that this is a really needed service. Thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you so much for this grant. It, it, it is making a huge difference for everyone. We appreciate it. A big thank you to John Holmes for telling us all about this initiative and how it is helping both students and staff build capacity around mental health. John kindly sent us several links to studies and articles that demonstrate how investing in meaningful mental health resources for students creates a social return on investment. We'll have those links in our show notes. And we'll have links to our upcoming granting deadlines and the latest on our ECF blog. Be sure to stay connected to see if you might be eligible for funding or how you can support your community. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us. We appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your friends and family. And if you have time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook where you can share your thoughts and see some pictures. Thanks again for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Andrew Paul. And Elizabeth Bonking. Until next time. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation and is an affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. The show is edited by Lisa Pruden. You can visit our website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at the ECF. Our theme music is by Octavo Productions. And as always, don't forget to visit Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Well Endowed.